Habits 365 Conscious Minds Podcast. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Conscious Minds Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Holbert, and thankfully we are joined with my co-host, who is the founder and CEO of Habits 365, Eli Zide. Eli, thanks for joining today. Hey, guys, good to see you all again. Today we have a very special guest on our Conscious Minds podcast, who is a author of several novels and nonfiction projects for mostly children and young adults, Lakita Wilson. It's awesome to have you today. Hey, I'm Lakita. I um, am from the DC area. Basically, um, write a lot of like nonfiction projects, a lot of Black history stuff, and um, now I'm getting into writing novels. That's awesome. So, so where do you get the information and kind of the background of some of the novels you write? So, um, with the nonfiction projects, honestly, the publisher just uh, comes to they they will come to me with like an idea, and I'll be like, "Hey, we have this subject. Do you want to write about it?" And if it's like something good, like the the Tuskegee Airmen, or um, like most recently. The Black Lives Matter movement. I was. I'm always like, yeah, yeah, because researching a lot of those um, topics always helps me when I go to write like fiction. So, um, they pretty much give me like an outline, like, hey, we want like these topics to be talked about. I research yeah. it. I write it. Um, but the fiction is just like a whole nother ball game. That's like. I have to go like somewhere deep in my yeah, head and like difficult. yeah pull out <laughs> all my childhood drama like you know <laughs> with like story ideas so yeah yeah absolutely all the creative genius needs to come out at some point right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. so i saw you have a new book coming out in i think six days called what is black lives matter so obviously that's such a huge important topic what sort of made you write about that? Well, <laughs> that's that's another one of those um, instances where the publisher just sort of asked me to do it. Mm -hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, I was like, so no one's gonna call like Jason Reynolds or like Mark <laughs> <laughs> Burton? Like, why? Yeah. Like, why did they pick me? So I was like super honored to write it. Um, but I just, you know, like when they gave me the topic, this was like one of the few times where they they didn't give me like this really strict like outline, like, okay, chapter one is going to say this, chapter two is going to say this. And so yeah. um, I had to think about like what children should know about the Black Lives Matter movement and um, a lot of like even when I see like videos on um, social media of like, you know, moments of like police brutality and injustice against black people, like it's super traumatizing. So I know like as an adult, if it's super traumatizing, it's going to be like more for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like horrible, like for kids. But, you know, it is like I feel like it's important information. It's just like in the way that you package it. And yeah. So I made sure that when like I put those chapters together, it was, hey, you know, yes, we are going to talk about those hard moments, but we're going to talk about like um, 
ways that um that the, that the black lives matter movement is extending um the you know the activism so like it isn't mm -hmm. just about you know um ending police brutality getting justice for black people a part of like part of that justice is um making sure that black joy exists so like there's a whole chapter based on um you know just black future like our futures not just oh we're walking down the street and we're you know we're murdered but you know how how do we incorporate art um and let mm -hmm. our art be seen or um how do we make sure that you know we're able to buy real estate in um in good areas you know like in areas of like high value and things like yeah. that so so yeah i tried yeah, to that's, yeah it's super important and yeah. uh, this actually like relates to this movie i just saw i don't know if you've seen this movie it's called Candyman. it's kind of like a psychological thriller horror by jordan peele he uh wrote it but he honestly really glorifies within the horror of the whole film yeah how kind of black people have been perpetrated to buy houses in the ghetto and kind of got pushed in mm -hmm. had to almost got had their hand forced to be living in those areas because it was almost like marketed to them that oh this is nice cheap living you can live here for very cheap and yeah. so yeah, what do you think like about that. his creative art with that yeah they were sort of forced into those areas you know it's like yeah you know, yeah this is the only place you can live. You can't live in our areas. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I just think those types of films and like the book that you're writing as well are so important to kind of spread the word and like spread that message that there has been a lot of division and obviously racism did exist and all these things have mm -hmm. led to kind of the empowerment of now the black people of color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I know you've been writing for a long time because you don't just get into writing and just happen to be good at it, you know? So when did you kind of start your writing career and how did you kind of launch it and put it into fruition? Okay. So um, I actually haven't been professionally writing that long. So that's why I'm like kind of laughing a little bit because <laughs> like I sort of like wrote some like really dramatic, ridiculous stuff when I was like four that my mother sort of kept <laughs> in a file cabinet. But like, um, I just, I don't know. I didn't see any black writers growing up. So like um, maybe like, maybe one, like, you know, but I definitely didn't think it was a career path. Like I didn't think it was anything possible. I didn't even know how, like if, even if I wanted to do it, like that didn't seem possible. So um, I taught for like a really long time and then one day I was like, oh, I'm just gonna like try something out. And I thought like, I'm just gonna put it up on Amazon or something. And what happened, like, it's like a weird string of events because like, um, I have run businesses before. So like, I kind of like come from a business background and I knew like, if I wanted to like market this self-published book, I would have to like have a platform. So I started like with Instagram mm -hmm. and I built up a following there. Um, and I kept saying like, oh, I'm going to have this book coming out, which honestly is not the way you go about it. But, you know, it's like trial and error when you don't know what you're doing. Of course. And a publisher and I paid for like this illustration of like one of the characters 
didn't write yet. Like, and and a publisher from Harper, I'm not publisher, an editor from Harper Collins was like, oh, you have this thing coming out. Like, she was intrigued by the illustration, and she was like, show me your manuscript, and it was trash. I mean, like, I sent them like <laughs> something so embarrassing that I'm just like, oh my god, that's somewhere out out there somewhere like someone sat in their office and was like this is um, just a hot flaming mess so yeah get it out of my face <laughs> yeah so so she was like no and then um after she said no i was like oh but people don't have like harper collins knocking on their door like so like maybe i should actually like, try to do it that way but i wasn't good so um I tried to like, like I talked to like some developmental editors, but like I still wasn't good. And then finally I was like, I'm just gonna go to school. Cause I mean, if I don't know how to write, then hopefully school will teach me how to write. <laughs> and so um, it did. Yeah, gonna me down the right path. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I had good ideas, but the execution was horrible. So some people are like really into MFAs and some people aren't like it's, super like you're on one side or the other i believe in it if you don't if like you know you want to do something you just don't really know the exact like you don't have all the skills mm -hmm. if you're in a good program like they'll they'll help you with those skills and they did right. um they were definitely like hey just come here and learn and like learn what you're supposed to learn like don't try to get a book deal right now just relax you know just work on your stuff and i definitely did not listen to them at all like i was like me? like every time i would learn something new i would be like trying to break into the publishing industry so while my classmates were relaxing for like two years they weren't relaxing everyone was struggling in the program but mm -hmm. they didn't have that extra like not as much pressure yeah like i was I was having advisors, you know, like our writing instructors saying, hey, this is what you need to fix. And I also was having like agents saying, yeah, no. So Yeah, that happens. I mean, people's artwork isn't for everyone. Not everyone's going to agree with how you are, but it's always good to get that extra work and go to school and get the skills and everything you need to. I think you know. so. Yeah, I mean, because like a lot of the things that they were teaching me and I even went into the program with like one idea. Like I, I didn't even think the fact that like, I'm going to have multiple books out is weird because I was like, Oh, if I just do like this one idea, then, um, success, I'm going to Hollywood. Cause that was like my whole thing too. I kept thinking like <laughs> one good idea. Like, automatic. Like, like a one hit wonder. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> publish it and it's going to turn into a movie and then I'm just going to be sashing down the red carpet and yeah. like completely unhinged. So, um, <laughs> it's good to dream big though. It's good to dream big. <laughs> I know, but geez, the publishing industry just had a lot to like, I was just the mosquito of the publishing industry for like two straight years. Like, please someone. <laughs> And um, finally, so this is what happens when you are a mosquito. Like I, like I would just get to know different people. And like, honestly, the, um, the Instagram page, because I had a following, that was sort of opening doors where people were like, well, how did you get those followers? Like, what, like, can you teach other writers? So I was going to conferences and like meeting people and stuff. 
And so um, what ended up happening was I was like making connections. And then one day, mm. still couldn't get an agent, but um, a book packager called and the book packager is actually owned by Warner Brothers. Mm. Oh. And so when I got like, <laughs> when I got the email, they were like, oh, hi, you want to audition for this thing? And I was like, <laughs> what is that? Like, that was yeah. like I was like, this is fake. And then, um, but it was real. And, and I auditioned for months. And to be honest, like, I still wasn't that good. Like, I, <laughs> like, she was sort of like, okay, you need to fix this, you need to fix mm -hmm. this. And because I was open to, like, you know, constructive criticism, yeah. they hired me. And that um, enab enabled me to get an agent. And then the agent started looking at my original work. And so, all of that harassment, like not like big time harassment, but like, you know, yeah. harassment that I did for like two years, it all like paid off, built up. Yeah. And um, the agent sold off everything, like everything that wasn't nailed down. She was like, all right, um, I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to do this deal for this book packager project. Um, I'm going to sell off your original work. Oh, you have this idea for this nonfiction project. I'm going to sell that off too. And, um, and I, and I've been telling her like, oh, I don't know. Like some people, some people write a book and then they don't sell anything for like another five years or something. And, and I want to work. So yeah, I want to work for the publisher too. So she ended up getting me gigs where like, the publisher comes up with the idea and I write it. So it's cool. that's cool. Yeah. So I like, created freedom, you know, like kind of put your own flair into the mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds because I can like, I can sit back and like come up with ideas on my own and like sort of yeah, like, it's like the best of both worlds um, doing it that way because I have like my original work that I can sort of take my time with. And then um, I have like publishers sort of coming up with ideas and a lot of the times like outlining it for me and I just have to write it, which isn't, um, it isn't as long as like coming up with your own stuff. Yeah. And um, that in that way I can just keep working. Yeah. Come out. Yeah. Do you think that takes away from your kind of creative freedom, like having a publisher? No, because because I still come up with like I still come up with my own original stuff too. Yeah. And okay. I don't really take projects that I don't believe in. And trust me, like I've had certain things where I'm like, that's not okay. Like I don't want my name on that. You're gonna get like tomatoes thrown at me. So um so I only take things that I super believe in. Like when I got the Black Lives Matter project and at the same time, they asked me to do what is Black Lives Matter and who is Colin Kaepernick at the same mm -hmm. time. And I was like, uh, yeah. it's all like gelling together. So I got <laughs> a master course on social justice in like a matter of three months. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. So no, like, especially with nonfiction because nonfiction is like the facts, you know, like mm -hmm. it's not, and any like creative, juice that comes out of that really is the writer so the way that it's written is all me so like they'll help you know fine tune it but they hire you know 
I know my mom was asking me like, well, if they come up with the ideas, why don't they write it? And I'm like, mom, like everyone has their own job, okay. but yeah. they literally hire me to put the, you know, like the flavor or yeah. the, you know, give it something it that, all together. You know, yeah. Yeah. That makes the reader want to read it. So no. And on some level, like I, I like for people to, <laughs> to tell me what to do on some level because to give you more of a direction. Yeah. Like organization. You know, yeah. Some writers are like, hey, I have, you know, this is my vision. I'm an artiste. I have to do this. And I'm like, all right, but I also want it to be good. I want someone to tell me if I'm like, yeah, oh, no. yeah. I'm like derailing here. So, <laughs> and you probably learned really like trial and error too. Like when you were doing it before on your own, it was probably so much harder now that you have kind of that guidance, the structure that kind of yeah. lets your freedom go to work. It's probably that much easier. Because, I mean, <laughs> I was my writer and editor. I was like, ooh, this is good. Then I would read it and be like, ooh, this is good. It was <laughs> bad. So, so it's someone saying, hey, this might not work, but, like, maybe if we go in this direction and then I sort you know, that gets my wheel spinning. And, it you know, it ends up being a lot better. So, yeah, they're not going to guide you in the wrong direction either. They have their vision, too. You're just someone kind of putting it all together. You're like the you're like the cook. You know, they'll give you the yeah. ingredients, but now you're the one that's actually going to create the whatever you want out of it. Yeah. What is like your creative space that you get into when it comes to writing? Like, do you have a certain time of the day you start writing, or Ooh. do you have like a certain routine? Yeah, yeah, I wow. do. Yeah, and this is actually like my favorite topic because, pe like, the reason why I'm able to like crank out stuff pretty quickly is like like i like i have a full-time job like it doesn't seem like it because like i'm always home but like um i'm on faculty at a college so i have a job i have to like teach my students and grade and stuff like that so i had to literally like treat writing like a part-time job where i mm -hmm. gave myself hours i cannot deviate from those hours so like i would get up at like five in the morning every morning um for it's this thing on twitter called 5 a.m 5 a.m writers club and i would just follow that hashtag and i would be like hey guys i'm up and do like some funny like jeff or something and like you know and yeah. i would write for like hours like well not hours, but like 5 a.m to like 8 a.m yeah. um then as i started to get work that <laughs> that sort of spiraled into like 5 a.m. to 4 p.m. because my brain just stopped working at 4 p.m. I don't care what <laughs> I care all of us. I cannot like string a sentence together after five, after 4 p.m. So whatever happens, I stop working 4 p.m. Um, but I would do it like every day. Well, it started off like three days a week. Then it like cranked up to five. Then it it sort of became seven days a week. I don't recommend that because it like it'll wear on you. Yeah, like, and then you're just like outside. What does that look like? Like, I literally <laughs> like cranking out books um, for like a year straight. Like, this pandemic has been, you know, like horrible. Just you know, with all of the you know, like deaths and just people in hospitals and the lasting effects, um, like the long term effects of COVID nineteen. But it did give me time to just like sit in the house. And no one was pressuring me to leave the house. They were like, oh, yeah, right. what a brunch. Like, no, they were, you know, everyone was in. So 
I could go from like my bed to my couch and I have a writing space. Like this is supposed to be like my writing office. I bought like this nice desk. Like that was like one of the first things I bought with like one of my uh, publishing checks. I was like, Ooh, nice desk and a chair. I literally sit in the corner of my couch from like 5 a.m. to 4 p.m. every day. And it's and you can tell I sit there because it's like a body outline. Like I'm like, <laughs> like you see me. Um, there's a faded spot on the couch where I sit every single day and it doesn't matter <laughs> like what kind of space I set up, like, you know, nothing. I'm just, I just sit on the couch it's a bit and I write. But I've gotten a little, um, unhinged with it because like it started off where I had to be on the couch then I have to have like this writing blanket like basically I look like okay you know like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory when like the grandfather's in his bed and he's like oh I'm in his bed so like, I have to <laughs> I have to have this like quilted blanket reading socks like these really thick reading socks um my fireplace has to be on right in front of me where I can see the fire there's like this heater that like warms like the side of me. I'm wearing these like um, my little Beats by Dre, like you know, to block out the sound. Um, and like my dog is sitting next to me. I'm like, <laughs> my kids walk past and they're like, "What are you doing? Like, do you move? Like, what's happening?" But if I like, if I'm missing the reading socks, I'm just like, my focus is off. If I'm missing a blanket, like if someone like decided to wrap themselves in my blanket, I'm really angry. I'm like, give me my blanket back. But um, it's, I've gotten really bizarre about needing every little thing. Um, but it's habitual, you know, like it's, it's something you do like every single time you write. So, I mean, it's not a terrible thing. Right. It's not like, right. I'm not like, you know, shoplifting before I go right. And that gives me inspiration. <laughs> like I, like, I'm just, you know, being very, very cozy. Then I can, and I drink a Pepsi every day and I'm trying to cut back on that because <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I only buy the mini cans, but if I don't have that Pepsi in the morning, like it's done. I'm just, I'm not writing anything. <laughs> kind of like, I don't like coffee. It smells weird to me. It's like one little mini can of Pepsi and I'm good. Like, yeah. It gives you a little boost you need. I mean, it does. It's <laughs> necessary. Yeah. At this point, I can't drink sodas outside of that because Pepsi literally tastes like work now. Like work. <laughs> if I had a Pepsi somewhere else, I would be like, mm, okay, I gotta go right. Like, yeah. It puts you into that headspace as like, no, this isn't familiar. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. You need it only when you work. It's like your cup of coffee. It literally is. Like, I'm like, ew, I don't even like the way this tastes anymore, but I have to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to just kickstart uh, this, like, whole writing thing. I'm not going to do it. So, I mean, I whatever know. works, right? I mean, everyone has their kind of routine or, like, their go-to thing that they do every time they either, like, write a book or play yeah. in a sports event, you know? There's always certain things that you habitually do to kind of, like, get yourself ready for whatever it else it is you're doing. Yeah. So um, one of my kind of last questions for you is uh, like what habits have you developed that kind of like helped like propel your career and what do you wish to see yourself doing in like two or three years? Okay. So I think like the biggest thing is routine. I mean, honestly, that like 
sometimes people like do, will do things for three days and then like they'll put it down for a month. I just like, I stick to a routine. The Pepsi. Um, <laughs> I'm right, my Pepsi. Um, I, um, socks. <laughs> I, um, I network, but I try to like network in a way that's not annoying to people. Like I just like, I'm like, okay, like I'll sort of inch my way into something, but then I'll like pull back. So that it's, you know, not being like a social climber. I'm just, you know, I try to, um, I try to make connections. And then like, once I work with a publisher, I work really hard for them. And I like, I think that's important too, because sometimes people get to where they need to be and they're like haha i'm here like someone break out the champagne and i'm like no like i'm gonna show them why they're gonna want to keep me forever i'm gonna come in before deadline i'm gonna like i'm gonna be like oh what do you need me to do okay like give me the page count i'm gonna, I'm gonna you know i'm gonna give you what you're looking for and when you ask me to change something like i'm gonna do it if i you know like if i believe in it you have yeah. to sometimes you have to push back on things that you feel like really strongly about, but you can't be like, I, I no, I'm not gonna do that because this is me and I'm the talent here. Like you have to really be like, well, the character calls for this. So, you know, maybe like, let's, let's talk about it. So you just have to find ways to be professional in this industry, um, but also like super flexible, but not flexible when it comes to, um, like your routine, um, enhancing your skill set, and um, really like just, I know this is gonna be like super cliche, but like believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing about this whole thing is like before you like get on, like before they, um, you know, you sell your first book or whatever, this is all like a really wild idea. Like this is, everyone's like, oh, you're writing a book. <laughs> all right you know like whatever and so like you have to be the one who like believes in yourself no like no matter how ridiculous like you look to everyone else and um when you finally like prove yourself right and prove everyone else you know um prove to everyone else like yeah i'm i'm gonna do this thing you have to keep up that that momentum oh absolutely and do you still believe in yourself that you're going to be having that one book that's just going to make you run the red carpet still? Or is that still something you see I'm yourself on that red carpet. Like, okay, <laughs> so that's the thing. Now that I see the behind the scenes thing, I understand like how it all, how it all works. And like that idea wasn't that far-fetched because like I have friends now who uh, like what happens is when they sell your book, they don't like, it doesn't really stop there. They take like the same book and they sell like the movie rights they, they sell the tv um rights they sell the foreign rights so yeah it's completely possible so i mean I'm getting yeah it. i mean jk rowling is probably one of the greatest examples i mean she just created harry potter and then boom <laughs> there's right. her, you know but it's so many like so many things that you see um out there have started have started with books that i didn't even i didn't really know like i was like oh like even the movie everything everything like when i got hired by that book packager i got to go to like warner media and first of all like 
because I'm not from New York. Like, so I go to Warner Media and I'm like snapping a picture of the friend's couch, like with my phone, like, ooh, like, you know, <laughs> we'll take a picture of you next to it. You don't have to like sneak. But I didn't even understand, like a lot of the books that were on shelves, like started there. It started with um, like a book packager saying, oh, we have this idea, let's go hire a writer. Um, and then they like they take that they take that um, that idea in that that manuscript they sell it to a publisher and then a lot of times they buy it back and pipeline it into like a movie or um, or like a TV show. So yeah. like once I saw that like once the curtain got pulled back I was like oh so this is how it works. Yeah, I was like I just need to have like a good these connections yeah. these intermediaries to kind of facilitate my work yeah yeah that's awesome i mean i'm hoping for the best for you i'm excited yeah. to see what this book you have in store that's coming out and i mean you probably have so much in the in the package you know do you have any like reserved books that you have that haven't been released yet or do you have any like thoughts about something else you want to write so the scary thing is i'm like I hate to even say it. Like I'm like booked up until like 2024, 20, I think. Wow. Yeah. And so like it's yeah, something like that. I may have like some room for 2024, but that's like the next thing because I sold all those books, but I'm still on the phone with my agent, like, oh, I'm not gonna have anything. Like, what's gonna happen? Like, all this is like once everything's like out on the shelves, I won't have anything. So like now I'm in that process now of like trying to be creative again and like come up with new ideas and like build the schedule of all right like what do i write next because i and having my agent sort of go to the publish the editors and uh publishers that i've worked with and say like hey like you guys have uh any other special projects that you want her to do in the uh like in between her original work so yeah. i'm trying to like stack it up again but We'll see what happens. Like we'll see if oh. that happens. Yeah, again. totally. I mean, I'm I'm excited for you. I mean, you're you're doing what you love, and that's all yeah. you can ever ask for in the day. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Akita, it was so nice to have you on. I mean, you made this podcast very enjoyable. This episode's been great. Thank uh, you. And if you want to tell everyone kind of your Instagram handle or where they can find you, where they can find your next book. Yeah, on Instagram, I'm Lakita Writes. Um, and I'm actually I'm Lakita Writes on Twitter too. I have What is Black Lives Matter coming out next Tuesday. And um I have a special hip hop project coming out in a year. And oh snap. I know, I know. And like they have not announced it yet. And I'm like, please just just announce it. Um and I have a um, Colin Kaepernick comes out in May and a uh, middle grade novel that is like, like, that's like my favorite project. Like that's coming out in July. So awesome. Follow hey, me. we're looking forward to it too. I mean, yeah, no, it was, it was great having you, having you on our conscious minds podcast today. Thanks. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next time, guys. The next episode will be coming out next Sunday, so hope to see you then.